into every generation, a champion is born. One contestant in all the world. A chosen one. They alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the arcane knowledge and the torture of the hot seat to stop the spread of the ignorant and the swell of their number. They are the champion. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest, so everybody, please let's welcome in... Another one of our semi-finalists here in the 2020, now 2021, Beat My Guest Tournament. It's Steve Bottom. And Steve, how are you, sir? I'm doing well today, AJ. Thanks. It is a nice day in January, as we often have down here in North Carolina. Um, maybe not elsewhere, but <laughs> we're doing good here. Yeah, well, that's the thing about weather. I mean, if you have it, it there's, there's a risk. It's not like, you know, <laughs> Southern California, where you pretty much uh, know it's either going to be uh, nice or nice, or one of the three yeah. days where it rains, or apparently uh, where cremation fog clouds uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was hot there. Right. Like, you know, because it's the same latitude as Dallas or whatever. And I went there for like tapings in March. I figured, oh, it's going to be 87 and stuff. No, it's high every day was 72. It was ridiculous. Like just every single day was perfect. Yeah, with the exception of those versions, I just watched a documentary on HBO or Netflix, one of those places about uh, the Green River Killer, and you know, they, they flashed up, you know, the, the weather report of the day. It was like 117 degrees today. I'm like, so it, it does go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I guess so. I guess. It's, but when it gets hot, it gets like insane hot. But uh, you know, the temperature is going to be really hot in the hot seat, Steve. Ooh, a segue. Ooh. I'm good. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and you are returning. You have been here many times before. You are one of the six semifinalists. Your goal is to come up with one of the top two scores. And if you do so, we'll have you back for the grand finale, where you have a chance to win a whole lot of stuff, uh, as long as that stuff uh, is uh, invisible and uh, in the terms of emotional fulfillment and whatnot, because, you know, we, we don't have a prizes. <laughs> But before we start, give everyone a little, uh, you know, the, the biographical blurb. Who are you? Remind them all uh, in case they haven't been listening. If you haven't been listening, what's your problem? <laughs> yes, I'm a librarian at uh, Campbell University in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. Um, go Camels. I am also the commissioner, and I can say that now, of Online Quiz League USA, which is a probably the way the most trivia people know me these days. I've been hustling. Um, it's a four-on-four game. We're also launching a, a pop culture-only singles game soon. We've been, uh, and that's been taking up a lot of my non-work time lately because it's it's just it's been really cool to get going. I totally highly recommend it. I'm uh, part of a team there in the OQL uh, proper and uh, also uh, will be partaking in the... Of 
I believe. Yeah, which is a yeah. Promotion Sons of Anarchy slide, did yeah. pretty well. Yeah, and uh, we are uh, going to be taking part in the pop solos as well. So uh, you know, hey, if you want to get uh, into the league, uh, I mean, the season's starting up, but there's always room for growth uh, yeah. and uh, in the future season. seasons. Exactly. Uh, After pop hey, solos, you... there's something that's currently called highbrow. Uh, we don't. I don't know if that's what we're going to stick with. That's what the Brits call it. Uh, but it's like not pop. So it's all the art and the history and the science and the, you know, that stuff uh, that's going to be there. But then OQL season three should be starting in April. So we'll be, you know, so look, look forward to that if you want. Yeah, everybody, please uh, check it out. You can find it on Facebook, uh, the Facebook group. You can find it uh, online as well, online quiz league. And uh, hey, you know, throw beat my guest out there as a little reference and, uh, you know, perhaps Steve will do something for you. Uh, well, uh, very, <laughs> very literally, AJ will get money off his next time he does it. So The problem is you're competing with Tim Edwards for those that he's on your team. He has a lot of referrals, too. So. That's okay. He will pass the discounts down to me, I'm sure. <laughs> That's fair. All right, let's get this game started. As always, we're going to kick things off with the this, that, or the other. Just to let Steve know in a little peek behind the curtain here, uh, this, that, and the other. The fungo and the guillotine are questions that I have written in advance and randomly paired, or I guess trioed, tripled, trebled, I don't know. Put together in a package, uh, pick that package at random for each of my semifinalists. The other four questions in today's uh, quiz, well, We'll explain where they came from in just a little bit. But this, that, and the other, that's how we start things off here on Beat My Guest. Uh, Steve, I'm going to give you three categories. I'm going to read off a list of ten items. For each item that you can correctly place in its proper category, you will receive one point. However, you got to be careful because some items may, in fact, fit multiple categories, in which case you will only get your point if you can correctly name all of the categories into which that item fits. Two things I promise all my hot seat contestants. Each item in this round is going to fit in at least one category, so there's no shenanigans on that regard. And game theory is not going to help you. These ten items are going to be pulled from a larger list of items at random. So if one category seems light, that just might be the way it is. You can't. Not going to be an even 5-5-5 five, five, five split there, uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> I think that's an outstanding choice, actually. That's one of the better, like solutions to that problem i've seen actually yeah it's, it's, it's do more work and write more questions than you need it is it is but it is end, but once you have a certain kind of category you just keep going right like, yeah exactly. exactly it pays it pays off it pays off at the end no problem there all right here steve things get a little hotter in the hot seat for the semifinal round but here is your this that and the other we're going to start things off with this english units units of measurement known as english units Steve knows what we mean. If you don't, you'll figure it out soon enough. That WWE Intercontinental Champions. No way. Way. Okay, now, this well, also, that, that, uh, helped, that, that works out pretty good, I'll say. Uh, right. Right. WWE, of course. I'm not just sticking with the current name of the organization. This is the entire history of the, the WWE. When it was also known as the WWF. Uh, just to be clear, we're going back for the length of when they were the Worldwide Wrestling Federation or some sort of nomenclature. But for shorthand, WWE Intercontinental Champions and the other, One Direction. One Direction. Is that Members or Songs? Is that what's going on there? I'm or? just calling it One Direction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take so it. Like if the word, so like if the, if the word is East, I can call that One Direction. Yes, okay. indeed. I suppose North by Northwest would technically also be One Direction, <laughs> but Hitchcock films. Surely, <laughs> I don't know. 
Well, as the crow flies. <laughs> anyway, uh, nitpicks aside, uh, I think you're probably ready to go. Sure. <laughs> All right. Once again, English units, WWE Intercontinental Champions, One Direction. And a reminder, I will not be spelling any of the items because homophones are fair game in terms of multiple categorization. Steve, mm-hmm. your item number one is styles. Wow. See, okay, I mean that that's the like I that's the one I thought of, of course. Of course, Harry Styles is a member of One Direction. And I imagine that AJ Styles, who did get catapulted into the world title picture fairly quickly, did hold the Intercontinental Championship as well. It seems true. And the question is whether a style is a plural unit of anything that you would measure. And I'm going to just like say it's not, so I'm going to go with wrestler and One Direction, or, or IC champ and One Direction. Yeah, wrestler's fine for shorthand here, <laughs> given the three categories. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, Harry Styles, of course, a uh, member of One Direction, and AJ Styles was indeed the WWE Intercontinental Champion at one point in his career. Oh, one point for you. Very well done. Good start to the round. Let's keep it going with Rude. Well, Ravishing Rick Rude definitely held the IC championship. He won it off the Ultimate Warrior. Um, the question is whether One Direction has a song titled that. The song Rude is by a different band. Like, the song Rude that I know is by a different band, surely. So, and I don't think that... Yeah, I'm just going to say Intercontinental Champ only. I am sorry. Uh, you are correct, of course, Ravishing Rick Rude. Definitely an intercontinental champion. That <laughs> Your wrestling knowledge actually frightens me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if you knew that I that, that was a thing for me or not. No, no, no. You're, you're no. getting it. <laughs> but uh, there is an English unit spelled R-O-O-D, a rude. Oh, sure there is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And that would, of course, would have put it in that category as well, so can't give you the point there. Okay. So homophones are the same, potentially. Fair okay. game, That's as I said. Item number three, Zane. Um, well, you got your... Yeah, I mean, I, I cannot imagine a unit called a Zane, and then you've got Sammy Zane and Zane Malik, so yeah, that would be a wrestler in one direction. You know, just a little side note to all the people out there, it's not fair, is it? It really isn't fair. <laughs> Real name Rami Sabay, formerly known as El Generico on the indie circuit. Those are all true statements. <laughs> well, he's, I he's, should a Syri- he's a Syrian advocate and is my favorite wrestler. Anyway. Uh, well, then I, why should I Damascus another question? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, Zayn indeed, Zayn Malik, Sami Zayn. I've got the little notes written down here, but no, just whatever. Item number four. <laughs> Item four, pain. P-A-Y-N-E. There, there is a wrestler called Max Payne, not the video game one, but he never held that belt. Yeah, I'm just making sure that none of the... Uh, I'm eliminating the wrestler from consideration. Yeah, I think I got... I think that's not true. I don't actually know the names of the five members of One Direction, which I, I really ought to. That's that's common trivia, but... Um, I'm going to say it's a unit only. Unit only. I am sorry. Tis not a unit. It is Liam Payne. Oh, that's his name, huh? Cool. One of the fine members. <laughs> spelled P-A-Y-N-E. Uh, sure. Yeah, not to be confused with uh, Elon Payne from Game of Thrones on Arya's list, but uh, Liam Payne definitely on my list. <laughs> uh, so can I give you the point there? And the world rejoices. Item number five. 
Whoppin' take. Spell, please? Oh, no, you can't. Whoppin' take. Whoppin' take. Unit only. Wow, just not even thinking, just going I for it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if it was a wrestler, I'd remember that one. <laughs> you probably would, yes, indeed. If it was a wrestler or perhaps a uh, hit uh, song sweeping the nation. <laughs> yeah. By Cardi B. Uh, Whoppin' take. <laughs> uh, yes, it is an English unit. Well done. Three out of the first five. Let's How many Whoppers it. one person can eat in ten minutes? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah it's, measured in, it's measured in Tuesday units. When Wimpy will pay you for them. Uh, item six. Move on to the second half here. Item six. Jericho. That's Chris Jericho. Probably the first wrestler that the majority of your audience has heard of. Um, <laughs> he certainly was an IC champ. Uh, Grand Slam champ, too. Had all of them. Um, I think that's got to be it. I will say Icy Champ. Although it does sound like it might be the type of pretentious first name you'd give to a member of a boy band. Uh, yes, just Icy Champ indeed. Item 7, Cubit. Cubit is a unit. Make an arc out of those. So yeah, I think that's I think that's just a unit. Unit. Just a unit as well. Item 8, Piper. <sighs> yep, Roddy Roddy Piper won the Intercontinental Championship at at the 92 Royal Rumble from the Mountie. The question is, Piper? Piper doesn't sound like a unit. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to let myself get dinged by the One Direction. I'll say wrestler only. Wrestler only is correct. Item number nine, Pottle. Oof. Easy to eliminate wrestler, I'd say. It's very unit, and I, I can't come up with a way to connect that to One Direction. So yeah, we're going unit only. I mean, wouldn't you be upset if it was like Nile Pottle? I, I would. <laughs> I'll be honest, yes. I mean, it's not, but uh, yeah, a Pottle <laughs> is is essentially a container uh, measuring up to about a half gallon. Uh, that would be a Pottle. Yeah. yeah, and item number 10, your final item, is Firkin. I've heard of this before. Somebody, I, I heard this recently in some format. Maybe it was an OQL question or something about horses or, yeah, something like that. It's a unit. It is a unit, a unit that measures just under 41 liters. <laughs> is, that, is that true? Just, yeah, okay. 40.91. So, so it's a unit of wine or something. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah probably sense. like they just had yeah. a bag and that just happened to be the moon bag, <laughs> happened to have that amount in it, and so that's, yeah. that's, that's it. All well, right. you know what? Uh, a fine round. Now that the round is over, I can say my inter Intercontinental Champion, of course, I, I'm from the days of uh, the Pedro Morales, Tito Santana, uh, Magnificent Morocco, Su Superfly, Snooker era. That, that, that's yeah. my essential range Yeah, what's there. funny, yeah, I mean, I know those guys... I only remember Tito in his kind of like later jobber years, unfortunately. Like I remember he fought for the IC title a bunch of times and never won it. Like in my, when I was a fan. So. Yeah, I uh, I was actually in attendance, uh, not for the Intercontinental, but I was in attendance when uh, when the Iron Sheik beat Backlund for the title. Really? Yeah. Have we talked about that before? I don't think so. It's I don't was think that so, yeah. were people throwing stuff? I imagine that did not. People go were over. throwing stuff, but they were upset at Arnold Scullin because he threw in the towel. That's true. That's Backlund true. never submit. That was his, that was his that fighting. Is, oh, yeah, that, no, that's clamor. Okay. Yep, yeah. nope. That was the whole premise of that match he had with uh, with uh, Bret Hart. 
actually. Yeah. And when Owen threw in the towel, yeah, that was a good match. Uh, the other oh. match they had was really bad, <laughs> and it was Roddy Piper's fault, funnily enough. But <laughs> no, those were the good days. My fa- my father took me to MSG once uh, once a year to, to go to the to the WWE uh, WWF at the time. Saw so the Samoans, and oh, it was great. <laughs> the Tito Santana fact is that he is a middle school Spanish teacher and has been since about the mid nineties. Um, oh. That is, that is, he has a just a regular old day job. You know, is, a lot of a lot of them do. Was wasn't like uh, wasn't like uh, George Yanwell steal a professor at Duke or something, an adjunct I, professor? I think he adjunct. Yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> in, he in was like a English. Known smart guy playing dumb guy. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> for sure. Indeed. All right. Well, I know there, for you and me, we could probably go for a while. Certain fan base, yeah, sure, but not everybody. So we'll move on. <laughs> Uh, rather than us talk about that, yeah, let's get away from fighting and let's move on to the portion of the game where I let you tell us what five-letter word you have decided uh, is going to be inspiration for the four questions that were not pre-written for this game. Steve, uh, what five-letter word have you chosen? Yeah, I decided to go for an obscure weapon just because that's the kind of dork I am. So I have gone for kunai, K-U-N-A-I, which is a... Japanese, it's often depicted as a weapon in sort of martial arts films and stuff like that, but it looks like a, uh, looks like a, a kind of square that then comes to a point. It's uh, just one of those things. I happened to be playing a game called Slay the Spire at the time, and I had just received a kunai as my item, so that's why I picked it. <laughs> yeah, those random... it, it is legal in Scrabble, I believe. So that's Excellent. Uh, and the K, I mean, that's, that's a five-point letter, so you, know, you can use it on the double score and uh, maybe a double word and really... Points can really skyrocket. Uh, Thank you so much for that word. I'm going to use it for inspiration and have used it for inspiration. But now here's where I give all of my hot seat residents the disclaimer. When it comes to these questions, they are inspired by the word kunai. Don't overthink it. Not every single one of the questions is going to have something to do with kunai. So don't overthink it. I had no idea this was happening, by the way. Uh, Just so everyone knows, (laughs) you asked me for a five-letter word, so I gave him one. Absolutely. No, I like it. It it Now I might be getting ninja trivia, and the secret is I'm not that strong at that sort of thing. (laughs) It's just the jumping-off point inspiration. There's a stream of consciousness that goes through that may or may not come back to it. On the other hand, don't... Don't underthink it to the extent that if you've got absolutely nothing, if you're sitting there staring at it, there's no ins in the clue or anything, and maybe you want to reach back for it because it might be there, but only might. Don't overthink it. Don't underthink it. Anyway, with that disclaimer uh, behind us, Steve, it's time for the climb. That's right. We finally got a name for the middle portion of the game, thanks to Carmella, uh, and it is the climb. Five questions where the points climb in value from one point for question one all the way up to five points for question five whether or not they also climb in difficulty well that remains to be seen your mileage may vary and it really all depends on whether or not something lands in your real house or not with all that in mind and the explanation finally behind us I'm actually quite concise considering how long it used to be <laughs> are you ready to go yes all right. it's intuitive a climb i see yes you know Sometimes you don't see it until someone points it out for you. Absolutely. Uh, right. Like money, the answers to these questions. <laughs> eight points. A strong eight points entering the climb. One point question on the way, and here it is. Steve, ninja weaponry such as kunai, parentheses, blades, and shuriken, parentheses, stars, rank fairly high on the list of items that have been confiscated by airport security over the years. According to a list compiled by the TSA, apart from weapons, what item 
was the most confiscated item in 2019. You know, I couldn't use 2020 because no one flies anymore. Well, I mean, the thing that you're not allowed to, and I don't think they've changed it. So, I, I mean, the thing that I think everybody gets confiscated all the time is liquid. So I'd go with, although maybe people just throw them out. I'm just thinking maybe it's, yeah, I'm going to go with like, Drink bottles. Well, uh, drink bottles. I think uh, we're going to go under the, under the. Uh, I'm going to give you a second shot at the apple here because it is such a, a, a wide possibility of answers here, and it's only for one point. Uh, I think anything that they could legitimately throw away on the spot. So okay. foods, foodstuffs, okay. and 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 purchased bottled waters. That that's just an immediate throwaway. They're not going to confiscate that. They're going to make you throw it out. Um, we're looking at items that people intended to bring with them. I see. That makes yes. sense. Well, let's just clarify that. So maybe it's just not food at all. I don't have any good ideas. <laughs> that's true. That's the problem. Yeah, just just realized just what I said. Think. I was going to give you a second bite of the apple, and then <laughs> food yeah. is not the answer. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I figured that wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, so that that must be. Yeah, I mean, you were kind of. I'll go with, you know what? Yeah, scissors. How about that? I, I, I looked at my pair of scissors that was here on the. <laughs> not really a weapon. I think scissors is a very fair, fair uh, guess. And then not. Uh, like I, I, I am a. I am an evil taskmaster, but I'm not uh, unfair by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so, no, unfortunately, scissors not the case. They do uh, confiscate their fair share of scissors and nail files and things that aren't weapons but could conceivably be weapons. But surprisingly, or perhaps unsurprisingly, you mentioned liquid. Yeah, some people unintentionally and don't even realize they're bringing liquid on board, and uh, they should because the number one confiscated item are those tourists bringing back them snow globes. No way. Yeah. <laughs> That's very specific. I was never getting there. That's I'm people, glad to know. People, it's it's just a very popular souvenir, and yeah. yet you're not allowed to bring it through airport security because it's liquid. Yeah. My, uh, I, I got, I went to my friend's wedding, and he got us all pocket knives, and I had to throw it in the trash at the airport because I accidentally kept it in my pocket instead of putting it in my in my bag where it would carry on where maybe you could get away with I it. I just yeah. forgot it was there, and I was like, well, nah, okay. <laughs> So a lot of things if you check, you can get away with, but if you try and put it in the carry-on, uh, you're <laughs> then they call you wayward son, and they throw you. Anyway, uh, can't give you the point there, but you know I like to have a little fun with the one-point question, because it's only one point, and it's the semifinals, and I can be a little bit harder. So, Fair. Ha, ha, ha. That's a, it's, uh, a good, it's a good thing to know. That's fun. Question number two. Worth two points. Steve, let's see if we can get you back on the positive uh, trail here. A special edition VHS release of what movie came along with a snow globe? That when shaken, in addition to the expected snow that flies around the encased area, you also get a heaping helping of red flakes, uh, supposedly indicating blood. It's a snow globe and then blood. I think I will just, and it would have had a special edition made. So I'm going to go with just the best snow movie that I can think of that would be in that genre and say The Thing. The Thing... Is your answer a fine, fine movie? The thing, the uh, obviously the original thing from another world, Howard Hawks, black and white. It's okay. It's not James Arness as the carrot-like beast <laughs> in that one, but the the obviously the the remake uh, with uh, Keith David and, and Kurt Russell. And, oh, it's just a phenomenal film. 
phenomenal, one of the best horror films ever made. Uh, definitely, I'm with you on that. Unfortunately, not the correct answer. I, I enjoyed hearing about the answer I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, now, uh, it may surprise you, this is a VHS release, but surprisingly, this is not a film that maybe Pete, you would consider as being from the VHS era. Oh, uh, so this more, is some kind of retro situation. It's a retro situation. This was the uh, uh, a film that did have snow, did have blood. It's the wood chipper edition uh, VHS release of Fargo. Oh, sure. That does make sense. That's that's the most hipster thing I ever heard of. In my yeah, life. in the snow globe. I need a, a VHS more. copy of Fargo that comes with the snow globe. Like... It's a little VHS uh, edition. You get the VHS tape. You get the snow globe. There's a little pregnant Marge, and there's yeah. uh, Peter Stromer with a, with a wood chipper yeah. sticking a leg in it, and you shake it up, and it, well, the snow turns red with blood. That's... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, okay. It's 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 very much in the Coen Brothers spirit. Like, I'm surprised they haven't had a blood snow globe in a movie. Like, to be, to be 100% honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they probably call it Bud Rose and Snicker. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Coen Brothers like doing like weird stuff like that. I don't know if you if you ever got the collector's uh, Criterion edition of uh, Blood Simple, but the uh, they have the director's commentary track, and it's. It's actually three hours longer than the movie, and it's all done uh, in this character who's like this like British film historian talking about the importance <laughs> of movies, and he just goes on and on and prattles on, and then the movie starts, and he's like, oh, look at this scene, the light, and he's just making everything up, it's just, but it's hysterical. That's, wow, I better... Yeah. Okay, I better track that down. That's uh, yeah, one of my I, friends' like favorite movies of all time because you know I'm a white dude who's forty. You know how it is. Like that's <laughs> can't, can't, can't argue with, with, the, with, the, with the blood simple. It's a great film. Dan Hedaya in his heyday. Anyway, enough of that nonsense. Uh, it's you know you, you you hit a bit of a lull here, but we're gonna you know we're gonna rest here at base camp for a little bit. Question three. Try and have a little fun, a little fun go here. Fungo, three of a kind, as always. Beat my guest favorite. Three disparate clues, all pointing towards the same singular answer. If you can get it in one, three points are headed your way. If you need two clues to get the answer, that's okay. Two points still is going to be yours, Steve. And if you need all three clues, hey, one point is still not too shabby. Of course, three strikes and you're out, and you'll get your third consecutive goose egg. We want to avoid that happening at all costs. As always, as usual, I have lined up three clues of varying difficulties. One of them, I think, yeah, there's a you know, pretty good chance you could get it in one if you pick that one. One of them, yeah, maybe closer to 50-50, and one of them is definitely much more of a long shot. I've uh, randomly placed them in three columns, A, B, and C. So you will randomly now select which one you want, A, B, or C. Uh, B. B, it is for Bonneman. That's, that's right. <laughs> I figured out your game, sir. You can't fool me. All right. And not C for Kahneman. <laughs> I will not step into this rivalry at all. Clubby, uh, here you go, sir. Area of physics. Um, I'll say mechanics. It's an area of physics. It is an area of physics, and it happens to be the area of physics that we are looking for. Wow. You nailed it in one. <laughs> It's an absolute luck. <laughs> it is. That was definitely the easiest uh, of the three clues, and definitely the one I thought might uh, might land it. See, it's possible, folks. You can get the three points. Uh, yeah, a clue uh, A, which a little bit more of a stretch. Rutherford's supporters? Question mark. Oh, Rutherford's. I see. Yes, the old. Yeah, that's the 
New York Times Saturday version of the clue. <laughs> Eden, that would, of course, be referring to Mike Rutherford of Mike and the Mechanics. So or Johnny Rutherford. <laughs> uh, could be. could be a NASCAR uh, theme, but I was... Uh, hey, if you get there, you get there. Uh, they don't care how. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking I like more, of the, more of the Genesis uh, angle there. Uh, and uh, clue C, for completion's sake, Cooter and his ilk. Yeah, okay. I think that's... Cooter being a mechanic on uh, Dukes of Hazard, and then went on to become a, uh, a congressman. Because apparently, anyone can be a congressman. <laughs> I mean, we, we've certainly learned that's true. <laughs> Would you like some tea, sir? <laughs> <laughs> can put a little uh, conspiracy pizza alongside that? <laughs> oh, what a country. What a country. Hey, three points. going to add it to the eight, Steve. Eleven. Double digits. Yes, I love when my contestants reach a double-digit mark. Makes me feel good. Makes me feel happy. And you have two questions left. The two highest-scoring questions of the climb. You ready to keep climbing, sir? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Let's keep going. Oxygen in tow. Grab your Sherpa. Here's question four. Worth a possible four points. All right, Steve Buscemi, back before he became an actor, was actually a New York City firefighter. And back in 2001, he actually worked 12-hour shifts as a volunteer and with very little fanfare, uh, helping in the search for missing colleagues post-9-11. Another actor named Steve caught hellfire in 2015 when it came out that his story about being in the South Tower on 9-11, which he had been sharing publicly for over a decade, was actually a complete and utter fabrication. What was his last name? Ooh, yeah... I remember this story, but it's like some guy who is a, I think maybe best known as a comedian, and I don't know his name. Um, but it, I, I know it's not any of the famous people. Like, so I literally have to kind of decide what his name probably was. <laughs> go with that. <laughs> but is I got a one in a million chance? That's always good. Um, I won't belabor it too much. Um, and I'll say it was like a, a simpler name, like. Uh, See, it's funny, you're like, I want to think of an easy name, but then it's not gonna, I'm not literally going to say, like, Steve Johnson, you know what I mean? Like, that's also a person. Like, <laughs> I mean, <this> should, <laughs> yeah, that's it, also a real person. So, yeah. It should be a uh, slam dunk for you, shouldn't it? I mean, your name is Steve. Don't you know yeah, all people named I know. Steve? We, we all know each other, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to say uh, Steve Nelson. That's no one that I can think of, so why not? Sure, absolutely. If you're trying to think of no one you can think of. Uh, yeah, so uh, he did uh, have a little bit more acclaim as a comedian, certainly. He was uh, on a TV show called The League, which was uh, all about fantasy sports and whatnot with uh, a bunch of comedians, you know. Yep, yep. Nick uh, Kroll was on that. Nick Kroll, Paul Shear, uh, Jason Manzukis. Feel more famous than this other guy to me, but I may, yeah, I may uh, be uh, that was that. Mark Duplass was also in that uh, as well. Uh, but uh, See, yeah, I saw the eight episodes. It wasn't bad. I liked it. I just, you know, things don't always make it. You know, hey, so, you know, it's a four-point question. It can't be Steve Johnson. Uh, <laughs> this would be Steve Ranazizi. Okay, Steve Ranazizi. Yeah, like Steve I mean, a hard. Run a hard. Yeah, unfortunately, he uh, he he went on Mark Maron's uh, podcast and like really went in depth on it and just doubled and tripled down over the years. And he, you know, he doesn't know why he even started lying in the first place, but he just so did. And once he did, he just couldn't stop. Say that's not what happened, right? Like it's it's you know that's that's really rough, man. Ugh. Yeah, he was he wasn't even working in the area at all. Like uh, he made the whole thing up just to I guess I don't know I don't know what it is but uh yeah 
as someone who watched a plane fly through a building with his own eyes, that, not good, Steve. Not good luck. <laughs> we have one question left. You're sitting on that 11. Let's see how much higher we can get you. Well, we could get you to 16, and that would be sweet, so they say. Here's your five-point question, Steve. Let's get you to the summit. Steve, Jules Verne wrote 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in serial form beginning in 1869. Now, it is generally accepted that the idea for this tale came from a visit to the 1867 International Expo in Paris, where Verne became enthralled by new uses of electricity and a new naval invention dubbed what? Dubbed what? Like, at the time. Oh. Yeah, it had a specific name. It wasn't it was uh, not? I'm not talking for like the name of a type of object. It had a specific proper name. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's name name. Uh-oh. Yeah. I don't know that. Uh, <laughs> so so I have to make up a French word for a. Okay. Well, or I have to say. I mean, the way these are going, I think it's not going to be the Nautilus. So I'm just not even going to say that. And that's a different U.S. submarine named after the other thing, so I think that's wrong. Jeez, um, I just I I don't you know some I just don't have any good idea. Maybe so it wasn't the submarine; it was the what you call your your submarine you invented. I don't know how to say these things in French. That's the problem too. Like <laughs> I, I mean, maybe you'd give me credit if it was the exact translation. I'm not going to ask. I'm just I'm going to say like the diver, and then I can come up with what that is in French <laughs> if, if you feel like it. That's what I'm going to say, the diver. The diver is what he's going to come up with here. Oh, see, now, Steve, you've put me in a very difficult situation here because, indeed, the English translation of this word is the diver. Is it? No way. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you one one guess at the French of that. The only... The only sense of this word I have is that the diving bell in the butterfly is called l'escafondre et le papillon. So I'm going to say l'escafondre. L'escafondre. Well, alrighty. L'escafondre. It's not l'escafondre. It's le papillon. That's no. The diving bell. <laughs> well, papillon's butterfly. I, 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 I think I'd catch that. <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, the, your, your rationale is phenomenal there. Uh, it's indeed the diver. Uh, the, the machine itself is called a sous-marie, which, of course, means underwater uh, and under the sea. And, uh, you know, su- su- that's where submarine comes from, sous-marie. Uh, it was called the diver, but it was in French, so it's proper name. It's proper name. It's called plongeur. Okay. So, you know. Gettable. The plunger. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. That's good. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm not going to complain on that one. I'm going to give you two points. Okay. Partial credit. Two points. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you, you, you got 13 points. You got 13 points. Steve, we're heading into one question left. You know what that means. It's time for the guillotine. We got the guillotine. Uh, one final question here for you. One answer is required. If you get it right, I will double your score, and happily so. If you get it wrong, hey, no harm, no foul. Score stays the same. However, Steve, if you either don't give me an answer that fits the question, if I deem that you are sandbagging intentionally or unintentionally, or 
what is more likely to happen if it's going to happen if you give me the wrong answer that I have pre-selected as being the guillotine. Uh, it's off with your head. And your score will get chopped in half. Hopefully that does not happen to you. Hopefully you get it right and we'll double it up. Are you ready for your guillotine? Yes, sir. All right. Blade has been raised. Steve, Billboard's Hot 100 chart was born on August 4th, 1958. It was spun off from the Top 100 chart that was created just a few years prior, but uh, you know they gave it a little bit more uh, rules in terms of what could be included and what couldn't. So August 4th, 1958, the birth of what we now know today as Billboard's Hot 100. What artist... Steve, I'm looking for the name of the artist had the 1,000th song to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It happened in 2011. So I need from you to name for me the artist whose song reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in 2011, hence becoming the 1,000th different song to do so. I once wrote a trivia question about the charts that year. I don't know if it's going to help me, but I remember that Firework and Grenade kept trading the number one slot, which was funny because they're both named after, you know, stuff that blows up. But uh, I just... Okay, so 2011. Just trying to put myself in that mindset. I don't Ten have a child. Ten years I ago. A, I don't have a child for most of the year, very notably. Uh, but I do it by the end. So this was kind of my last. I was working at a different place from where I work now. And I would have listened to the radio a little bit more. But maybe not that much because, you know, I had, a, I had a phone. Did I have a phone? Is 2011 a point where I would have had a phone? That's the part that gets really hard. Like, I don't know. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know if, I was, if podcasts were in my car yet at that point. Um, okay, well, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to stall, I'm, I'm just trying to, act, I'm actively trying to think. So, you got your Katy Perry, and you got your Bruno Mars, and they probably had more than one. You said the 1,000th song, not the 1,000th artist? Correct, uh, they, this okay. is I mean, the 1,000th song. You got your Katy Perry, and you got your Bruno Mars, and you got your, jeez, I don't know. Those are the two that I can think of because of that business. Was that California Girls Summer and Alejandro Summer, or was that the year before? Is this question just a question, or is it like interesting for some reason? Like, like is the answer specifically interesting because they're the thousandth? These are all things that are going through my head. You understand? Sure, sure. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna feel very stupid if it just is Katy Perry, especially given the uh, proud history of Katy Perry screwing people over in important trivia settings <laughs> that we all know about. <laughs> so I'm gonna say Katy Perry and just hope that's the one. Because I okay. know that she had a number one, at least a number one that year. So, <laughs> Okay, very good. Katy Perry is your answer. So there are a lot of artists. I don't think there'd be a thousand artists at this point, because you know, uh, there are a thousand songs, and certainly more, more, more artists would have uh, multiple songs on there. So we're yeah, not looking at a thousand artists. I don't know if they've even reached it now, a decade later. Uh, but uh, I don't keep track of that sort of thing. Yeah, 2011 was a crazy year you know in music as you know a lot of a lot of different songs on the list and as you pointed out there was that little back and forth there that was going on the 999th song on to reach number one on the hot 100 list was a colorful little number from Wiz Khalifa black and yellow black and yellow black and yellow black and yellow <laughs> yeah man if he had been okay well if he had been a thousandth this would be like the hardest question of all time so I don't think people would have you know yeah. just in the dark come up with him no 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 offense, Wiz. I, I like many of your works, I just am saying. Hey, Steve, <laughs> nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody, nobody beats the Wiz. Beats the Wiz. <laughs> now, Katy Perry had three songs 
to reach number one in the year 2011. It certainly Freedom. helps. The 1006th number one uh, was last Friday night. That was the 1006th different song to reach number one. The 1001st number one was E.T. Oh, Katy Perry featuring that guy, who I, I don't know if we'd name him on this show or not. <laughs> no. Katy Perry featuring a famous a famous rapper. This is the best way to put it. Perry, Perry, Perry et al, I believe, is how the... <laughs> That's no, I, I, I'll, I'll gladly do that one as well. We'll go with that there. Uh, uh, you know, hey, you know, doing being the host of Trippy Podcast, it isn't easy. Um, <laughs> and at 996 on the list was Firework Steve. Oh, no, the, you got the me. guillotine answer. <laughs> because of her prolific nature... Katy Perry was our guillotine. Okay, because it, in this case it was guillotined because it was good. You know, yeah. like it was a good, it was a good thing to say. I'll take it. Down goes bottom and down goes bottom and Ugh. all the way down to six and a half points. Oh, the humanity! It's all right. Uh, the correct answer for those of you playing along at home and just Steve, I'm sure wants to know. It was number one from February 26th through April 9th. It was a huge hit. We're not talking anything obscure here because God makes no mistakes, Steve. <laughs> Lady Gaga. Didn't I say Alejandro? <laughs> You had mentioned a song by her, yeah. Mm-hmm. The we. Gaga. <laughs> All right, totally reasonable. I like her. So. I'm glad I know that now because I can bust that out once in a while. That's a good. That's a you know fun fact to search. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that question. It was fun to think about good and reasonable songs from that year. Yeah, and, and hey, you got the guillotine answer. So clearly, when someone gets the guillotine answer, I f- I feel that means it's gettable. Because <laughs> yeah. you could, oh, yeah. good guess it there, uh, Steve. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm going to ask you to leave the hot seat. I'm going to ask you to grab this mop. You've got a little bit more work to do. Uh, but before I let you go entirely, is there anything else you'd like to say, uh, share with the crowd uh, before we send you packing? Unfortunately, Steve, with the guillotine, uh, I hate to tell you, you have not yeah, made the final. Okay. Um, totally but, uh, yeah, 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 give us some parting, parting thoughts. Um, you know, it's... I, I... I, I got to talk about Intercontinental Champions, uh, which isn't something that happens on a podcast very often. They don't. I'm not a wrestling podcast, you know, a purer, so <laughs> I'm very excited about that. These were some fun questions, and, you know, I feel like I got close a lot of the time, and I will take that, you know, in many ways. On one of your podcasts, AJ, it doesn't feel bad to come close, because that's what they're designed for I think in some ways so I mean, you thanks know, for having me and good luck to all of the other folks who are in this round almost all of whom are in Online Quiz League USA <laughs> there you go well thank you so much Steve for being here on the show I thank all of you out there for listening if you'd like to get in hold of me at BMG Pod on Twitter if you'd like to join our Facebook group beat my guest the fans hot seat great community there and if you want to look us up on patreon.com slash beat my guest to contribute to the cause we ain't gonna say no to that until the next time everybody thank you for listening take care bye bye did you beat our guest or did our guest beat you tell us all about it on twitter at bmg and if you like what you've heard spread the word this has absolutely not been a mark goodson bill Todman production